Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are talking about the Bands of Mourning, chapters 19 and 20, wherein Marisai and Melon find what they're looking for and uh, some stuff they weren't looking for, including a new friend, and uh, Wax finds his sister, and then there's a firefight, and then there's a uh, flying ship. So... Lots of uh, lots of stuff in these two chapters. I'm Data, and with me is Joe, Dak, and Jamie. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. Revolution holds us bound. Come on down to London Town. Break your back for class and ground. Come on down to So yeah, two pretty uh, pretty action-packed chapters. What did you guys think of these two chapters this week? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I like this new guy, but uh, I, I still found the battle, and I think it, because it was switching from so many different perspectives, I found the battle very difficult to follow. I don't know if I'm on my own on that one, but I don't know. I just it was it was difficult reading. It was kind of a slog to get through. It didn't feel like a fun action-packed bit it just felt like okay now we're doing another perspective for the sake of having a different perspective so uh i don't know I, i'm i'm intrigued to know where we're going but at the same time this particular bit didn't didn't uh, thrill me that's that's fair i i think i agree that it is a little bit hard to follow what's going on because it's like yeah you see some stuff happen from one perspective and then you see from another perspective and something similar happens and it's like, wait, is that that thing I already saw? Or is that a similar right. thing happening again? Or, yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I, I mean, the stuff that I did follow seemed cool. But, yeah, there was just a lot of I was kind of like, wait, what what's happening now? So, yeah, I'm pretty well the same boat. Like the battle stuff was just kind of just like, all right, this is this is cool stuff going on, but it's sort of shaky jumping all over the place. And I think I've never really gotten a picture of this ship in my head, so trying to picture that as they're going around it is difficult. So I, I, I don't have a clear picture in my head. Mm. Like, New Guy is kind of fun. I was kind of disappointed, though, when it turned out, oh, it's just a dude in a mask, and he's got <laughs> translator discs. So I was kind of... You know the bit in, like, Prometheus where you have that really cool alien from the first Alien movie that isn't the main alien? You think, oh, my God, we're going to learn more about that. And yeah. They realize it's just a helmet, and you pull it off, and it's just a chin with a dude attached to it. So <laughs> Yeah. Um, that was kind of how I felt when they're like, oh, you got this really cool red and black. Oh, no, that's just a wooden mask. Okay, whatever. But, yeah, no, it's like the, the guy himself seems kind of interesting, so I'm curious to learn more about that. And now that he can talk to them, we'll I guess we'll find out where he's from and what have you. But, yeah, it's like, like all kind of interesting. Uh, Telson is interesting. I'm still leaning towards... This is this is an act, a very committed act, given she just shot a dude, but still <laughs> yeah, an act. No, yeah, yeah. I, that almost fed into it more for me, Dak, because I'm like, she shot that guy because she didn't want him to say anything and blow her cover. Yeah, right? Yes. But yeah, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. Good stuff, but I am keen to see where this goes. And I'm just like, all right, come on, let's get on with it. It's interesting. I, I didn't have the same disappointment about the guy in the mask, but I also think on some level it's because I'd kind of forgotten by this point in the book about the monster that he drew and so i wasn't i wasn't looking for the monster and then she's like oh my gosh it's that monster and instantly realizes oh he's not a monster after all and so i was like oh okay well that's fine i, I i'd forgotten i wasn't like anticipating 
oh, we're when we're going to see the monster. Yeah, fair. Yeah, I think I had a similar response to you on that one data. I'd forgotten all about the monster, and I, I like him. I'm really curious about him. Yes, he's got these translated discs, but he just went and put metal mines on everybody, which is crazy. I'm really excited to see where that goes. The battle, like the, the fights, yes, it was a little bit hard to kind of follow and they do overlap a little bit, but I think there were some really cool moments and some really cool visuals in there. So the bits that you're like, oh, yeah, that's 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 very cool, you know, with Wayne being absolutely pummeled. Like that's a scary moment, even though he can heal himself. These guys are clearly ready for them to turn up. So it was cool to sort of see them in a situation that the opposition was totally prepared for them to be there for. And when we saw Telson too, yeah, I was like, I was almost nervous. I was like, I don't know what to expect when we see Telson in that room. And when she shot that guy, I was like, oh my God, Telson's the bad guy for sure. Whether it pans out that way or not, I don't know. But I was like, she shot that guy real fast. And even to get him in, like, yes, she shot four shots, but to get him with two as well, like, you just made sure he was dead and faked the other two. She definitely did not hesitate. No. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, okay. There we go. Just that as she's sitting there just twirling a pencil, I was like, well, if you've been captured for a long time, you could be bored, but also you seem a little comfortable. So. And also, if that's the room they're making plans in, why would a prisoner be there? He's not, she's not a prisoner. He, she's a guest. That's my yeah. That's, that's my the, point. I was about to say no. It, it, no, she said that like her uncle likes her to likes her to feel like she's a guest or she's supposed to act like a guest or something like that is what she mm. says, right? Yeah, it sounds like you know she, she's not allowed to leave. Like she's with them, but he has no issue with her yeah. knowing what's going on. Sounds like, like some mm. phony baloney BS to me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I I do agree. There's some very cinematic moments in the fight that uh, that are are fun pictures even just like we found, we get the payoff actually really fast of their idea about marisai like throwing the cube and slowing the bad guys down so that was cool yes yeah all right let us get into these chapters so 19 we start out with marisai in the ship waiting for uh her opportunity to slip in there and melon says the she uh, hears irich say send uh, send to mr suit and Malon's like, so you really think they're, they're keeping the device the same place as the spike? Which I guess they didn't explicitly say that's what she was going for last time, but I thought it was kind of obvious. Mm. And so I like the I like uh, that they just kind of stroll out there and stroll over towards that door. And Malon has given her lessons about, like, you know, just look like you belong. The first rule of impersonation is to belong. And so I was like, yeah, that's, you know, it makes sense. And we see Wayne do that a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Like he gets himself into the character. It's like if I project confidence, people won't look at me. And she's like. Am I, am I walking too stiffly? I, w- I really want to look over my shoulder. Malon told me not to look over my shoulder. I just got to be <laughs> confident. Yeah, I, I don't really like this perspective inside her head. I don't know why. It just seems kind of goofy and like, I don't know. It kind of takes the, because the other looks inside of her head that we've gotten, like Marisai is confident. And I feel like this whole section, it's like her confidence is completely like broken. Hmm. And I don't know. It just doesn't seem to fit the character to me. Yeah, I guess here the idea is supposed to be that she's not used to this sort of thing, but she did impersonate someone earlier uh, in the graveyard, so uh, she was seemed more confident there. I don't know. It's an interesting point. I guess so. <laughs> like, you know you're in the enemy camp now. Yeah, there's like 100 guys around with guns or something so mm. uh, that will shoot you at him if you screw up. So, yeah, that's probably a little more intimidating. <laughs> 
they make it across the floor and into this this doorway and Milan says nice work and Mary says like I'm gonna puke oh my gosh to which Milan responds must run the family a uh, joke about stairs throwing up kind of uncalled for but okay yeah and then Milan has a set of lock picks in her forearm it's like her body's like this Mary Poppins bag there's just everything in there like, how, how much stuff <laughs> have you got in there right it's, it's really impressive and Marisai says handy and she goes pun intended <laughs> and Melon mentions she's you know I'm, I'm like 700 years old I've heard every joke at this point and Marisai's like man I should interview you sometime like get this fascinating perspective you've seen like the trends across hundreds of years of human society and I you know statistics show that subtle changes can affect things and you've seen like the changes and what comes out of them and Melon notes that because uh, like she says, in your head you have all this, and Melon's like, actually it's my thigh. My brain's in my in my thigh at the moment, like inside of a a metal compartment. I genuinely wasn't sure what she meant by that. I thought she's like, is she saying the spike that she makes her that like, makes her who she is is in her leg? Well, she says a chondra stores its cognitive system throughout the whole body, but memories are stored in this compartment. So maybe it's just like a specialized set of cells that's for storing memories. Mm. I don't know. They need to know more about cancer physiology. Right? So what's in your head? You know, eyes, sensory apparatus, emergency canteen. <laughs> she is the real Swiss army man. I guess Conjure do need water because we, or and food because we saw when, like, uh, Tensoon was in prison, them, like, dumping stuff on him. So I guess the, the canteen will come in handy. So she manages to get the door opened, but then they find a safe. And I really love that, like, Melon just goes for the bookcase and starts throwing books on the floor. Like, people always hide it behind the books. <laughs> people don't like to read. They like to be seen as someone who reads. And Marisa's like, um, there's there's a big safe just right here on the floor. I like the picture with my child needlessly going up to every bookcase and just dropping <laughs> all the books. Sure. Every time. Yeah. yeah, as you do. Mine still do that. Uh, not every time now, but a lot of the time. <laughs> not every time, but a lot. Yeah, I mean, they're they're at the age where they can go like I'm like, hey, go pick a book for bedtime and they'll go and pick one book off and they'll come over and we'll read. And it's very cute. But then sometimes they're like, I'm going to pick a book, but I don't want this book. So I'll throw it on the floor and I don't want this one. So I'll throw it on the floor. And it's just like you could just leave it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) A mountain of books and they're all open and they have to sit on them. And (laughs) (laughs) you're going the spines, the spines every time. That's why she's not allowed in my study. Yeah, All my books are. Yeah, they yeah. they know better than to touch my books. They have their own bookshelf, and I've just written off all those books as you know <laughs> they're they're not going to survive. So it's fine. collateral damage. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but yes. Yeah, so back, Milan's going to try to crack the safe. This isn't like a uh, a situation where she can use her lock picks, but she puts her hand on there and it turns translucent and her flesh goes into the joints. Which wow. Okay. That's a, that's a picture. And then we cut. We go back to her. Uh, her she comes back to Marisai's question, where she's like, "Look, the world back 700 years ago, not all that different from what it, from what it's like now, or rather, I, I guess she's talking about 300 years ago, right after the Catacondra. And she's like, you know, people talk about this, that time as you know some this time of legend, but it really wasn't that different from now. Marisai's like, but the Council of the Gods, Hammond, Alrian, Latrian, they forged a new world. Yeah, I, I kind of I'm with Melon on this bus. It's like in real life when people are like, it's worse now than it's ever been. I'm like, actually, it's really not. 
it's mostly the same. Some things are better, some things are worse, you know. I'd rather live now than 20 years ago. I'd rather live now than 50 years ago, 100 years ago. Yeah, that's a fair point. Well, and for us, it's easier to to take her point about, like, she's like, you know, the, the originators were so, you know, they forged a new world, but they argued like children and each had their own vision of what the new world should be, which we met those people. So it yeah, totally makes that, sense. That sounds about right. If if Ham and Breeze ever agreed on anything, I would be shocked. And so she's like, you want to know about the trends that I've seen over time? People are people. Life then was like life now, only you have better street food. And Maris says like, hmm, yeah, I, I still want to interview a conjurer, but maybe one who's a little more reflective than me. <laughs> and so she finds she finds a notebook and some notes and some drawings and stuff. And that's when she realizes that they didn't build this vessel. They are studying it and repairing it. We built this vessel. Wait, no, they didn't build this. <laughs> they vessel. didn't. No. We stole this vessel. <laughs> and like she she sticks the book in her purse and then she thinks to herself, "See, it's handy." To go back to the comment Wayne made about her bringing her purse. Ah, some might call it a vessel. That's a very very deep cut Final Fantasy VIII joke. <laughs> but so she finds a door that goes into a different room with a pungent odor. And once she cracks the door open, puts some light in there, there's tables and boxes and cages. And she's like, huh, what kind of animal are they keeping in here? Guard dogs, maybe? The most dangerous animal in the world. Man. <laughs> Man. Yep. She hears a noise and looks over and a thing lurches and slams the bars. And she kind of freaks out and sees the, the two flat face of red and black with dark pits of eyes. Looks just like the the nightmare picture that Ray Lure drew. And then the thing puts a hand out, a shockingly human hand, and says, please. It's like uh, it's it's like Lilu from uh, Fifth Element. Please help. She couldn't speak English, but she could read it. It's very strange. Multipass. And then we cut over to Wayne, who he goes through several incarnations of this engineer that he's impersonating, and he's having trouble getting the right like am i a scientist am i am i a guy who works with his hands do i like the guards do i not like the guards and we've never seen him have this problem before like we always see him when he's like very confidently in his role that he's impersonating but what it takes is he pulls out a little pencil and puts it behind his ear and suddenly he's he's there it's like a hat gotta have a hat and he goes up to the guard and says some some bullshit basically which gets him in to see uh, the people in the room. So you got Telson in there. You got uh, Erich. You got the big guy. And Wayne starts some more just like completely ridiculous words. The Caronels are completely nephilogenous out there. We got to do something. And the guy looks at Wayne, blinks, and is like, well, of course, you idiot. But what do we do about it? <laughs> and Wayne's just like, yeah. Like smart people, they never want to admit that they don't know what's what's going on. So. They'll always pretend like they know more than they do. Just like the drunkest fellow at the pub is always the one who's the most sure he can handle another pint. Ain't so, that the truth? I mean, a friend of mine who yeah. always wanted more. He was like, oh, if I'm really drunk. If I get some more, it'll make me feel even better. And then he <laughs> always threw up. It was great. <laughs> that, that's how you fix feeling drunk, right? You, you get some more. Pretty sure that's correct. Well, in fairness, like if you keep drinking more and more and more until you throw up, you are expelling a lot of the alcohol from your system. So, mm -hmm. or you just I never stop I drinking. Don't, 
I don't think that was his goal. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think his goal was to uh, to expel it. I think he just wanted <laughs> to feel better. Yes, he Wayne manages to lure them out to clear the way for Wax to come in. But we come back to Marisai before that, and uh, Marisai realizes that it's not some monster. It's a dude in a mask. And that's when Maylon comes and is like, hey, Marisai, I got it open. What are you? What the hell is that thing? She's like, it's a person, Maylon. I thought it was a thing like one second ago, too. But come on. I like it how it's the blob monster who's going, what the fuck is that? <laughs> it's true. I didn't even consider that. I ain't never seen anything like that. Oh, look who's superior in their experience now, Maylon. And so uh, Maylon, she's like, um, come on, the safe's open. Let's we gotta go. And so inside, she finds the little the cube, the alimantic grenade, she's calling it, and also a little length of silvery metal. And here's here's where we answer the question that Jamie and I were talking about a couple episodes ago, where we both felt like conjure spikes were smaller than than inquisitor spikes. And here, yes, it's specifically said there the conjure spikes are smaller than three inches when they're not at all like the spikes in Marsh's eyes. Yes. So I don't know if that means maybe the ones in their arms are different because that's what Wayne was like faking. Or maybe the idea is just that, uh, that that guy that they were pretending to be death to wouldn't know the difference. So, so was it, was it clear what sort of spike they were actually pulling out of the safes? They are pulling out a Kandra spike or they're pulling it, yes, out. It's, see, it's like, yeah, spike. it seems to be the Kandra spike because she thinks that she goes, yeah, this one, these Kandra spikes are smaller than she thought. And they're not at all like those death spikes. So we seem to be talking about the, what she's pulling out of the safe. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was like, it could have gone either way. I felt, firstly, I felt validated that there were as a difference, <laughs> <laughs> but then I was like, but which one do you have? Like, I understand that they're different, but which one do you have? <laughs> Well, and Melon specifically won't touch it because she's like, we don't touch each other's spikes. So that seems mm. to also like indicate that. Yeah, yeah. And I okay. like how I like how she's like, but didn't the Guardian? She's like, yes. Don't want to talk about it. Stop it. <laughs> no one talks about Orosur anymore. We don't talk about Orosur. <laughs> so besides those family, things, in the safe are uh, some of those coins. Which I guess we haven't seen them yet. These are the coins that we're going to see later. Coin-like things with cloth bands on them. And then, let's see. She takes one, puts that in her purse, finds some keys. So she's like, hey, we can let that guy out. And Melon's like, Marissa, I mean, it might have some kind of disease. And she's like, it is a person. It's a he, not an it. And she lets him out. And Melon's like, if he if he alerts the guards, I'm blaming you. And then they, they reach the next room over where this guy has gone and flipped a switch. And the floor is just stained red. There's operating tables along one wall and a dozen of those wooden masks like the one that he has. And he's just like on his knees looking at the masks with blood staining the walls where it dripped down from the masks. Like, oh, this is. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Um, sounds like some hemorrhage is happening. Yeah, it's not a it's not a great time. Yep. Well, and it, it kind of fits with what the guy was saying earlier uh, about how like. They they were proving to be delicate or something. I forget the wording he uses when they're, they're like, what about the people who ha- flew this ship? And he's like, there's a language barrier. And also he thinks to himself like that they're uh... not going to go back and look on. This is going to bug me if I can't remember. We've been spiking them. It turns out they tend to die when we do that. Well, yet yeah, no yeah. shit. They don't like spikes in them. I don't get it. He <laughs> doesn't like a good spiking. Oh, yeah. He says they have been uncooperative and then thinks and somewhat fragile. Which, okay, yeah, thanks. 
that's not creepy at all. <laughs> yeah, uncooperative. Well, you're stealing their masks and sticking spikes in them. That'll do it. Uh, okay, back to where I was. Let's see. It's very gruesome. There's no bodies, but lots of blood. So he tips up his mask now, and she sees his face and realizes he's like like a young guy, probably not even 20. Got a little wispy beard and mustache. And then she reaches down, and he turns to her and says, please, again. And he's crying. And it's like, oh, poor, poor guy. His friends are maybe family or who knows what they were. They're dead or something now. Let's see. As Wax comes into the room, Telson's sitting there twirling a pencil, like uh, somebody mentioned. Got one of those speaking boxes on the table. And as he starts to say something, she throws herself into his arms and is crying. And he's like, what What did they do to you? Like, this is, he's like, I don't think I ever, ever saw her cry. And also it strikes him how much older she looks. Because the last time he saw her was like more than 20 years ago. So and, if, he's, if he's, what, late 30s, she's got to be like early 40s then, yeah? Uh, is she older? I, I think she's older. She older. I feel like that's right, but I don't remember for sure. Let's see if it said. Um, I've got to get used to ages of characters, because like <clears throat> in fantasy books like this, especially, especially with the previous trilogy, you think of them as like being in their 20s and stuff. But then Kelsey mm-hmm. was fairly older. I don't know, yeah, he was. I'm, I'm thinking a lot about it. I'm just coming to terms with the fact that uh, like I've been rereading A Song of Ice and Fire, and it turns out I'm only two years younger than Ned Stark now, and that's that, that's very unsettling. Whoa. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, if you're watching the show, they aged everybody up for the show because there was a lot of underage uh, yeah. Yeah. stuff in the book that should not have been happening on a TV show. It would be mm, illegal yeah. to show on a TV show. So, <laughs> um, So, you know. It is kind of weird to think of Ned Stark being that young when we've, we're used to looking at Sean Bean. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he's not that young. So apparently, when Wax comes back to the city, according to the wiki, he is about 41, maybe 42. Oh, wow, okay. So he's even older than we thought. Yeah, and it does not... Well, I remember say. they make a much bigger deal about how he's kind of older in the first book because Marisai's so infatuated with him. Like, it's kind of brought up several times that, like, he's quite a bit older than her. Mm. Yeah, I sort of put that as being, like, maybe she's early to mid-twenties and he was and he was mid to late thirties, so... It doesn't say which one is the older sibling. I think probably, if they didn't say it specifically, I probably got the impression from, like, when she's going out drinking with her friends and they're like, oh, we don't want him tagging along. That, you know, that's like a little brother tagging along sort of situation. Yeah, maybe that's what I thought, too. Or maybe it said somewhere and I'm just not finding it immediately. But he says that she's middle aged now. So that would put her somewhere around the same age as him, whether it's a little high, or a little low. Yeah, it's close enough. Yeah. She asked she asked him if he has another gun and he gives her one. He's like, do you know how to use it? Like, I'm a fast learner. OK. And she says she was just speaking to their uncle through the device. He likes to check in on me. I have to tell him how wonderful I think my accommodations are. He still pretends I'm a guest. And then she's just like, there's so much to ask you. Like, why didn't you, why did you come back? Why did you leave? You didn't come when I sent you that I was engaged or when our parents died. And then I like that. She's like, wax, you're old. Which <laughs> is a funny reversal of what he was just thinking about her. So. And that's when uh, the big guy comes through the door, sees Wax there, looks stunned, opens his mouth, and tells him shoots him. So yeah, I mean, I, I can see where you guys are getting your, your your thoughts on that. I feel like the book the the book does a good job of explaining that she's just like, now that I've got a gun, I want to kill them all. But uh, nah, no, I see I, I see your other perspective coy. on it. Yeah, don't be coy. You know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so we cut back to Malon and Marisai, and Malon's like, we got to go. And Marisai's like, we're bringing him. And Malon says, why? And I'm like, but what do you think? They're Like, you let him out. Do you think you're just going to leave him here and walk away? I don't think – like, I'm not sure how Malon saw this going down. Yeah, so to remember, she's not human. So, like, you know, they don't mm. have the same kind of, like, sentimental sentimentality thoughts about stuff like that. And so Marisai's like, have you not figured this out? Like, that was – that ship was not built by them. It probably wrecked near the coast, and they brought it here to be studied. It's from somewhere else. And Malon's like, Harmony does say weird things sometimes about other people, not from the basin. But wow. And so this is proof for the first time that life can – there's life past the roughs and the deserts beyond. So, yeah, Malon's like, okay, fine. Bring in. Let's get to the meeting point. Yeah, I mean I'm all down for these foreigners as long as they don't speak high imperial. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're going to speak. You just watch. And I like how, like – She's surprised by the fact that under the blankets that he kind of drops, uh, like a, he it says he was wearing these like a cloak. She's like, I thought he'd have something savage, like a loincloth or something. But it's just like trousers that go down below the knees and white socks and a loose shirt with a red vest. Like this is this is normal clothes, kind of. I think this is like where a lot of a bit of my disappointment stemmed from. Just I was sort of hoping it's like, oh, man, we're actually going to see our first real like alien sort of creature from the cosmere and it's like oh no it's a dude in regular clothes <laughs> it's like is, is every planet like i understand there is a reason why every planet would be populated with human-like people because the shards all seem to be descended like all seem to have that same sort of physicality but it'd be nice to see just you know something a bit different yeah yeah nah, nah. where's the planet <laughs> of the octopus people yeah where's that where's that planet but uh, as they try to sneak out all of a sudden there's gunshots and she's like, okay, maybe we don't need a sneak. But yeah, no, I, we've definitely seen a lot of humans so far. Don't, uh, yeah. Who knows if there exists intelligent life that is not human. Although I, I think we did previously mention that dragons are out there somewhere. Well, yeah, but like space dragon was like this God, wasn't he? He was at an Alzheim was the dragon. No, I don't, yeah. I, I don't think so. Really? No, hmm. he's, he's just a dragon. Actually, I think, I think the 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 I think that the thing is that we don't we don't know what Adenalsium is or was. Uh, I think uh, I think Dak. I think you and I had speculated that he was a space dragon. I don't think we'd ever actually gotten proof of said speculation. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I I think even I think even I don't know. I don't I don't know that it's in a book uh, yet what Adenalsium is or was. Even Chris in one of her things was just like, we're not sure if it's like if there was it was a being or a concept or like what exactly this yeah. was. Yeah, the only the only connection we really have to dragons is when Hoyd calls uh, calls that one guy a sly old lizard. That's mm. true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, chapter twenty. We're cut back to Wax, who is shocked as a corpse just falls down, but also he's like, oh crap, now shit's gonna kick off. And Telson's like, I'm gonna kill them all, Wax, every one of them. They held me. And he's like, great, great. <laughs> on the one hand, he couldn't blame her. On the other hand, this was going to be rusting inconvenient. <laughs> and so he, he downed some, some uh, I almost said alamancy juice. He downed some flakes of metal. and um, You know, alamancy juice. It's, yeah. it's delicious metal flakes. And, Goes great with the knowledge nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love the similarity. I'll have that- uh, I'll have an alamancy juice to start, and uh, for an appetizer, <laughs> could I get some knowledge nuggets? And then for a main course, I'd like a you know a heaping bowl of uh, mind realm juice. Hey, maybe there'll be somebody at the convention serving alamancy juice. You don't know. Yeah, it's true, man. <laughs> if, 
if they put it in whiskey, I'll drink it. <laughs> oh, nice. It's Salt Lake City. I think that the rules in Utah about serving alcohol are more stringent than other places, if I remember correctly. Oh, are they? I mean, that would make sense, but still. That's not fun. Well, you know, big Mormon area, Utah. Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I like the simile that the flimsy walls of this room was, would be as effective against bullets as stern words against the count, town drunk. So he's like, we just got to go. And so he grabs her and shoots up into the air and puts her down on like on top of the ship on like a flat area up here where it'll be hard to like see her from the ground, basically. And he's like, OK, you stay here. I'll be right back. And he he jumps down, goes, finds Wayne. And Wayne's like, what, you get impatient? He's like, now my sister shot one of them. And Wayne goes, Nice. Yeah, and straight so, away, I'm just like, ah, oh, please, Wayne, don't get a crush on her. <laughs> right? He does like a woman uh, who can shoot some people. That is, yeah. that is the only thing about his type that we know. Which is weird, yeah. considering his aversion to guns. Yeah, right? And so he's like, look, we got to get Marisai and Milan and go fast. Like, they're going to have p- kill squads with aluminum bullets mixed in there. We need to get out of here. And so they, they use speed bubbles to kind of cross the floor quick, avoiding the... People, bunch of people who are already starting to shoot at them. And at one point, uh, Wayne's like, wait, and they stop and the bullets go like right where they would have been if they'd continued doing what they'd been doing. And Wayne's Wayne's like, damn, and then gives Wax his canteen again so Wax can sip some apple juice in the middle of the gunfight. And Wax is like, yeah, our reputations precede us, I guess. And he, Wax is like, oh, the ladies went in there. And Wayne's like, well, really? Because I see him over there. And so he wants to go into the rooms that are over there where Wax and where, where Milan and Marisai are. And she, he's like, if we can move quickly to an outer wall, we can break through and then head off into the night. And Wayne says, what about your sister? And he's not, she's fine. I left her up there. I can come back and get her. And Wayne's like, yeah, that'd be good. Except for one thing. She's all right over there. Telson had not stayed put. And so he sends Wayne to get her in a bubble, protect her while he goes and gets Marisai and Milan. And he also reacts the same way to this guy being like, what the hell is that? And they look over and Wayne has been hit and they are not giving him time to heal. They keep shooting him. Even after he starts playing dead, they keep putting more bullets into him. And they're like, crap, they know how to kill a blood maker. And so Wax has to get out there in the middle of the bullet storm and just start shooting people. Bullets flying around. He's like sweeping them out of his way. This would be a very cool scene to uh, to see in a movie, I feel like. And so basically they have to get in the ship because that's the only convenient cover near where Wayne is almost dead. But also, if they get in there and they can easily get surrounded, and that's uh, long-term, not any better. Really a lose-lose. Yeah. And on top of that, here come three Alamancers working for the other side in these jet black suits, kind of like push and pull from uh, the first book. And Wax fires one of these big, extra heavy shotgun blasts, and the guy was not expecting that. He tries (laughs) to push against it, and it was more powerful than he thought. He gets thrown to the ground, dazed, and is just able to look up as another shotgun slug takes him in the face. One down. Unfortunately, the the super powerful shotgun just has two rounds, so what are you going to do? And these guys have uh, aluminum guns, just to to top it off. But then they freeze, and he notices that Marisai has tossed the cube over there. Yay. And so Wax repositions himself and uh, shoots the guy as the bubble drops because... I guess from his perspective, he didn't realize what was going on since it's going faster for him than for the outside. And we cut to Marisai's perspective where she's really wishing she had her earplugs. I don't remember, I don't know what happened to him. How does Wax survive without them? He must be half deaf by now. 
And so Mer- uh, Melon covers her and, like, takes some bullets for her, which that's very nice. She's like, I mean, it didn't hurt, but it's not fun either. And so she walks, watches Wax out there shooting people, bullets all over the place. He's somehow avoiding getting hit with his mist coat tassels sweeping around, just shoving bullets out of the air. And so the the guy from the cage sees what Wax is doing and is apparently very impressed. He says he, he whispers Votenstall in awe. And now Marisai goes, huh, Alamancer. So apparently she she got that, assuming that's actually what he meant. He's actually just saying magic man. <laughs> is that Jesus? <laughs> at, at one point, Melon takes a bullet and the guy sees like her crystalline bone underneath her her flesh and freaks out. And I, I, like she's like, you should see me in the morning. And this guy really wants them to go deeper into the ship with him, which is not the plan of anyone else. And then there's a moment where Marisai hesitates and says a bad idea in the middle of the firefight. Fortunately, everyone was concentrating on wax. And that's when she gets shot. And she's just like, looks down like, what's that red stuff? A bullet hole. I've been shot. Shouldn't that hurt? She's been shot. And so yeah, she starts uh, to go into shock very quickly. She says it lighter in the chapter, but I was like, oh, stomach wound. Ugh, yeah. Not good. We cut back to Wax, who's out there shooting a bunch of people, doing a bunch of alamancy tricky tricks to take these guys down with the little ball and cord thing that he has left over from uh, the ones that Renette sent him. There's an Alamancer who's like got a shield up against bullets, basically. And uh, he throws the thing at the guy and the guy drops his shield to catch it because he's like, hey, what's this? And Wax shoots him and thinks you shouldn't drop your Alamantic shield even to catch a neat toy. That, that's clever. I like that. It does seem like a rookie mistake. <laughs> and Wayne's out here. He's healed up now. He's having fun beating on some guys, too. Everyone, Everyone's having a good time, except for the girl who just got shot. <laughs> and all these guys who are getting shot. but. Yeah, not everybody's having a good time. <laughs> I, would, I would in fact say of the pop- population in the room at the time, I'd say most of them are not having a good time. Yeah, okay, fair, fair point. Wayne takes a crossbow bolt to his thigh. See, that's not good either. And we cut back to Marisai, who is uh, not enjoying herself. Malon gave her some painkiller, but she's like, I'm not dead, so I guess that's good, but it hurts real bad. And she's like, I remember reading somewhere that getting shot in the stomach is not good, which... I mean, that's true, but getting shot anywhere is probably not good. So I... Nah, it's really not. Now, if Reservoir Dogs has taught me anything, and it has, it's that the stomach <laughs> is is the second most painful place to get shot after the kneecap. <laughs> <laughs> I'd imagine the hands are actually probably pretty painful as well. I mean, I imagine, yeah, it hurts It hurts anywhere, but yeah, apparently gut shots are the, the second worst. If you can't trust Harvey Keitel, who can you trust? <laughs> uh, I feel like I can't trust him, so... Wax and Wayne pop in, and Wayne's like, well, that was fun. So he was having a good time, at the very least. Ain't been whooped so bad since the last time I played cards with Renette. And Wax sees her, and he's like, how bad is it? And she goes, I don't I don't really have much to compare it to. <laughs> and so he looks, and he's like, you'll live, unless it nicked the intestines. That could be bad. And she says, what kind of bad? And he says, painful bad, which that doesn't sound good at all. And Melon says that once they're safe, maybe she can help out somehow. So that's good. Maybe she has a first aid kit tucked in somewhere. See, I'm kind of imagining... Likely. <laughs> possibly i kind of imagining what she did with the safe and just like poking mm-hmm. things in there just sort of pinching the wound shut and like you know You're clamping it somewhere yeah hmm. neurosurgery with a yeah. blob monster <laughs> and so wax has his plan still they're gonna go through the rooms and out one of the walls of the warehouse and wayne's like well i mean but what if they have people out there or Melon says that and 
Quack says, well, hopefully they don't. And the mask guy is still trying to get them to go into the ship. And they're still not particularly wanting to listen. But Marisai is just like, fine, fine, I'll go. It's easier than, like, arguing with this guy. And meanwhile, Telson's like, I want to kill them. I need more bullets. <laughs> She's a little intense. And Wayne's out of Bendeloy, so that's not going to help. So they're 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 in a, uh, you know, like a Butch and Sundance situation here. And that's when the dude opens, like, a, a secret door in the ceiling. And Marisai's like, hey, there's a hidden room over here. And Wax is like, all right, let's do that. And so it's a it's a it's like a room with some chairs bolted to the floor and one window along the side. And Wayne's like, oh, chairs, good. At least now we can die in a relaxed position. And so the guy is over messing with something and he takes out another of the coin like medallions with the straps on it, pulls off the one he's wearing, which it says causes him to shiver. And then he puts on a new one and says, how's that? And everyone's like, what the mayor's eyes just staring blankly at him. He goes, what? No. You're looking at me confused still. These things never work right. And she's like, no, no, I mean, it works. I mean, I can understand you. Like, assuming that's what you mean by it working. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, ah, great, great. Put these on and give them medallions. Touching the skin, please, maskless barbarians. Except for you, metallic one. You will not need one, yeah? <laughs> maskless barbarians. <laughs> I like this guy. This guy is uh, is kind of fun. Like, there's, he, they hear shouts, and he's like, somebody better shut that door while he's busy doing other stuff. <laughs> you guys uh, you guys don't want that door to be open, let me tell you. It's like he's been trying so hard to be understood, and now that he can, he's milking it. He, yeah, that's exactly what it feels like. Uh, and uh, I guess they didn't close the door fast enough not to be noticed, because they somebody starts shooting at the underside of the, the floor here. And Wax is like, is there other exits? And the guy's just like, nope. Medallion's on, yeah? And Melon's Mer- like, okay. yeah, but what? Because yeah. so, <laughs> he said yeah a few times. I just picture, I don't know what the accent is called. It's that, like, that accent from Fargo. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, don't uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, 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 it's Midwestern like with, like, the Canadian that bleeds yeah. in there, yeah. yeah. See, when I... These barbarians. We'll not need one, yeah. Yeah, see, for me, it, it goes straight to Final Fantasy X. There's a specific character that says yeah all the time. Oh, Waka? Yeah. Waka Waka. I think that's what it, that's kind of what it is in my head, too. I didn't connect it to that, but now that you say that, I think it's pretty much that the, that Waka accent. Mm-hmm. It's just, just like... YouTube the guy. Yeah, check it out. It's John DiMaggio in one of his finest roles. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that guy's always great. Uh... Melon says, what do they do? And he says, they make you lighter. And when he says it, they can, Marisai can feel it. Like, the metal wants something from her. And she pours it in, filling the metal mind with weight. So it is a metal mind, and she can use it. And Wayne's over here like, now that, that is right strange. <laughs> the guy looks at Wax, create metallic one. I, of course, wouldn't dare give orders to one of your stature, even if you wear your bare face out at all times. Who am I to judge? Just got to ask, because I don't think it's really touched on here, but he's giving out these metal mines to store weight. Did Melan get one? Like Melan asks, what do they do? So it sounds like she got one. But yeah, oh, I mean, right, does, yeah. does it give her the ability to do that too? Hmm, that would be something interesting. Well, I mean, I assume since it's what they've been talking about earlier, where it gives them all the ability to store weight, even though that's not something that they've ever been able to do before, that yes. Yeah, but I mean, you know, Chandra, like, that, they're not even human. They're not even kind of human. So it's like... I mean, I guess we learned last time that through special spikes, a, one was able to use Alamancy, but 
we didn't we don't know how special or different it has to be to let that happen. And so the guy tells Wax that he wants him to push. And Wax is like, but if I push down, I'm just going to go into the ceiling. And there are some straps with wooden handholds on the floor. And the guy indicates those. And so Wax is very curious about this. And he's like, all right. And he goes, he goes over. He's like, okay, I'm ready. And the guy yanks on the thing. And the entire room slides to the side out of the hall, like a drawer in a dresser being opened. And the guy says, go. And Wax pushes down. And the entire room rises into the air. It is a small boat that detaches from the main vessel. The way that it's described, like sliding out, it reminds me of like the shuttles on Firefly. Yeah, now that you say it. It, honestly, it sounds like any kind of escape pod from anything I've ever seen. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, those those are our chapters. So let us uh, let's let's let us do some predigging. What do you guys think is is going to happen? Well, I'm still on the Telson bad guy train. I feel like we're based on her behavior it seems kind of erratic, and it the the her excuses seem kind of weak. Well, I'm mad because they held me captive. Like, uh, okay, I don't think that's really a good excuse for just immediately murdering a guy as soon as he walks in the room and, and um, wanting to just murder an entire platoon right yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and say that she's lying and uh that she's definitely probably the secret mastermind behind all this uh she's got one of this she was in the planning room like dax said she's got the speaky box in front of her she probably has been giving the one give might even be the one giving orders to edwin it also strikes me as extremely odd that they would have left the spike in the safe if there wasn't somebody like her that that could be heading up the set that was on location. I feel like that is not something they would just leave hanging around in this in this work area hmm. uh, unless there was somebody there that that was of authority to let to to be there. I know it wasn't in the same room or even near the same location that she was in, but at the same time, it just seems really fishy that they would trust Eric with this stuff, especially after we hear Suits pretty annoyed with him. So, yeah, I just don't know about that portion. As far as what's coming next, I assume they're going to escape with the power of flight. Since Telson is with them, if she is the evil bad guy, then she's going to realize, like, oh, that's how this thing works. These device, like if they didn't know how to use these devices before, they now know, and can figure out how they that it actually floats and flies. This with now the mechanical workings of it, because he does pull some kind of lever. They pro- that that may be what they're trying to figure out. But yeah, if they could make like a bunch of airships, then Ellen Bell would probably not fare too well in a fight. Mm. Um, so. Yeah, I assume that's what they're trying to go for is make a bunch of airships. And they just need – I mean it It appears that all they need is somebody who can push, steel push. So uh, yeah, that's a thing. Um, other than that, I don't know that I have anything directly to predict. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, being the first um, side to develop the ability to like attack or, or something from the air, that could definitely uh, – yeah be a deciding factor in uh, in a civil war oh yeah uh so yeah i mean that's that's kind of scary actually but uh mm-hmm. your your point about the spike i don't know that because they were theorizing in the last set of chapters that is like well i mean the spike was really only to prove that they'd killed the conjurer so they might have just thrown it out so i don't know that they see it as valuable or at least marisai and melon didn't think they would necessarily see it as valuable i mean i don't know i don't know it seems like it could be valuable to me yeah, that's fair. Well, 
it's like they they hold they had a whole guard watch set up in case people came to the graveyard looking for it. So that's true. Yeah. And I did I didn't mention it at the time, but I, I, one of my favorite little bits in there is that there's also a bunch of money in the safe, and Marisai feels bad about taking any of the money. She's like, "Oh, that would feel like stealing." <laughs> and I was like, "No, dude, take all the money. What is wrong with you?" <laughs> nah, Marisai's not that kind of gal. Well, these are bad guys. You don't want them to have the money. Sorry, Wayne. It's true. <laughs> but yeah, okay. That's uh, yeah. I I, I see I see what you're going for here. Makes sense. So yeah, I'm 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 firmly in agreement with like Telson is is the villain here. I actually think that we might have had her little code name mentioned in the previous in the previous set of chapters. Like Irik was thinking, oh, set and sequence. I'm like, Ooh, maybe oh, maybe Telson is sequence. That'd be cool. Like she she definitely hasn't been involved in the torturing and murdering of the of the pilots, the masked people. Or at least not while our new friend could oh, see Oh, yeah, because he doesn't recognize her. He, as, he doesn't recognize yeah. her, so mm. she could be hanging back, but that could also be like part of their insurance plan. It's like, hey, if just in case this guy gets free, maybe you could seem like another prisoner to help get him back in the cage or something. Mm. Yeah, just just as a possibility. I feel like, I feel like set uh, the set suit, whatever, blah, blah, blah. they always plan for all these kind of contingencies, so that could be their option there. As, as for what else, like I'm really curious about these discs. These identity discs, and I was like, oh, could they be the bands melted down, reforged, possibly? Mm. I mean, I don't know how these, how the masked people would get them, but right. you know, again, possibility, not going to discount it, because they just kind of went missing and no one knew where they were. And I guess, yeah, Ray, like Ray Lord definitely encountered these people, so he might have found some kind of proof that, yep, they got they got the spikes and they've uh, exploited them, turn, turned them into something else. So that's a possibility. Hmm. But yeah, I'm still I'm not 100% sold on anything. Like I'm sure I get the feeling we've already seen the band somewhere, but I'm racking my brains trying to think where. Yeah, I mean we talked about just a couple episodes ago that there's a couple of contenders, but nothing that like will stand out as a oh yeah. this must be it. Yeah, I just feel like it's gonna be one of those MacGuffins where they've had it the whole time, but I don't know mm. where. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Turns out to be the metal container that Malon's storing her memories in. Why not? <laughs> Oh, it's it's just gonna it's gonna be you know Marisai's purse somehow is <laughs> that would be unexpected. Okay, yeah, that uh, I, I I like that you've continued on on this path of like you know it's gonna be something they're gonna have had, when when they finally figured out they're gonna have had it the whole time. So you, yeah. you you said from the beginning you're like I'm gonna stick to this theory and I'm gonna monitor as we go to see Honestly, what pops up. So I just, I just feel like a, a bit dense at, at times because like all the previous books I have you know, raised theories and then forgotten about them completely. I'm like, no, no, I need to, I need to, I need to get better at this. Fair. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody probably has done that because we get so deep into these stories that, and it takes so long that it's like, I don't remember what I said two months ago. Jeez. Yeah, true. Need to keep like a prediction log. I've thought it's about that before, but the way that we do the predictions is, is sometimes so nebulous that trying to pin down this is a prediction or this is not a prediction or something would be a little tricky. And eventually I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to mess with it. Fair enough. Yeah. Look, after these chapters, I definitely think Dax onto something with Telson as being one of our bad guys. Yeah. I feel like the reaction of kill, kill, kill is a bit weird, but from either perspective, but hey, you know what? We don't really know Telson yet. That's fine. So. It's true. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on the secret bag. I, was, I thought about going. Mm, do I not jump on that and go for the other side? But <laughs> I don't know. It, 
it seems it seems plausible. So I think we'll jump on that as well. I don't really know what to predict about our friend. I don't know whether they're from like the same planet and just outside the basin or whether they've come from somewhere else completely. You know, we talked about this ship not really being for, you know, space travel really, but I'm not sure there. But I feel like we, we're we going to get into probably some nice knowledge nuggets in the next couple of chapters of working out how these metal mines work. Because there, these people, they've obviously got an awareness of the metallic art on this planet mm-hmm. and how they work. So I don't think we're going to um, like where Elantris was. I can't remember what that planet was. Cell. Cell, that was Cell, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think it's because we, we talked about that being like a symbol type mm-hmm. thing. I don't think we're really from there. These, I, I, I would think that the set have probably discovered obviously that yeah, anyone can use these types of metal mines, but they're trying to replicate them, which is what Wayne's now got. But obviously Wayne can use it because he's got that same ability. Mm-hmm. I'm also really interested to see if our our new friend, when he's referring to wax with such, you know, a great one type attitude, if it, there doesn't seem to be any Alamancer ferrochemist because Wayne would be regarded the same way. So it's just coming back to him being a really rare combination of these things like we got from uh, from Chris earlier in the in the book too. So does Wax have some sort of ability that we don't know about yet or something? I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but Wax seems to be greater than others in this particular man's eyes. Yeah, that's an interesting point because, I mean, really Marisai and Wayne are both also Alamancers and he's not saying anything, but... Is it because Wax is special or did he only see Wax use his Alamancy and he didn't see the others or does he just not care about time bubbles? I mean, I guess there's lots of possibilities. Mm, yeah. Or maybe from where they're from this, you know, maybe it's more basic, basic Alamancy that they know of, you know, the, to be able, obviously this, this ship is designed to use the push, like the steel push. So mm-hmm. yeah, maybe they're familiar with that and not other things or something. I, I don't know. Maybe they've time traveled and the other bubbles don't exist yet. Oh, that would be that would be different. Mm. But that's that's all I've got really. Mm. Nothing bold. <laughs> Nothing bold this week. You're kind of hoping that we figure out something like how these things start to work, right? Because we're we've got four episodes left in this book, so uh, oh, that's heaps of time before we get into the real Santa Lynch. Mm, fair point. Yeah, we're. <laughs> yep. We're at 68% of the way through. So we've got about a third left. Mm, it'll come soon. So, yeah. Okay. Well, this is going to be a real short one, actually, because we don't have any emails that we need to go over. We still have a couple, but, like, one of them starts at Chapter 19 and discusses or points out things from several chapters. So that one uh, isn't, we're not going to go through for a while. And the other one refer, <laughs> references the end of the book. So yeah, we don't, uh, we don't <laughs> have anything that we need to talk about email wise or review wise this week, actually. Ooh. Wow. So, Quiet yeah. week. Yep. Nice and peaceful. I still have the email in here with the puppy pictures from last time. Cause I sent back to the guy, Hey, can we use one of these on the Instagram the day that the, that episode comes out? And he's yeah, sure. Just make sure you put the puppy's Instagram account on there. So. <laughs> 
They're very cute. Sure. Yeah. Very cute puppy. <laughs> so, yes. For next time, we are reading three chapters. That'll be 21, 22, and 23. If you are reading along, those are the ones. If you'd like to send us an email, the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Facebook and Patreon and all that sort of place. We're all over the interwebs. It's it's funny. Yesterday, I randomly got it into my head that I, I was like, when did we come up with our sign-off? Like, the wasn't to the time of next thing. When did that come out? Oh, that was – that's got to be in the first book. And Well, see, I thought it was really early. I was like – No, no, it was post-book one. Was it? It was, sure. in fact, yep. Like, in my brain, I was like, oh, this was super early. This was probably like – like I, episode four is where I started looking. Because we, we all did not like – the spook talk at all and it wasn't until we had kind of made fun of spook so much that we we're like okay well let's just lead into it and yep. use that as the sign off i mean granted but book one was also like what 20 episodes so it turned out that it was episode 23 and that was like four episodes into uh the well of ascension and huh. so i I, I looked through – I didn't look through every episode. I, like, would skip three or four and then go to the next one. But, so I started at four, so it still took me a while to get there. But uh, – so that was fun. I was like, man, I thought that it that had been around longer than that. Of course, we're almost up to 120, so it's still, like, almost 100 episodes ago. We've been at this for two and a half years, so it's like – it was just – that was forever yeah. ago. Yep. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But no, sorry. I, I, just, I just had to remind uh, – I was just reminded of that as we're about to head out. But uh, – so thank you, everyone, for listening. We appreciate you, everyone who uh, who listens, who sends in the emails, who the, our, our patrons. We appreciate you a lot, and you'll be getting your your first bits of patrons, yeah, patron specific content real soon. Because uh, if nothing else, I will be doing the new the first Alcatraz book when it comes out in a week or two. So that will go up, and then since we are going to the convention in November, I'm going to make sure we'll have some some special stuff, maybe some videos, maybe just audio files uh, based on that. So there will be patron-exclusive content coming. I know we're much later than I originally anticipated, but that is thanks to the people doing the uh, the White Sand Indiegogo campaign and the fact that they are way behind where they were supposed to be. So yeah, three three chapters for next time and the, uh, the broadsheet page which is pretty much the entire story of like the ghastly gondola that we've gotten a couple bits and pieces of so far. So that'll be fun. Music by Miracle of Sound and wasing to the time of next. Colo? Shovel harder cause we're on your tail London's dirty ground